0: podcast to help us walk the christian life in today's troubled world this is god's amazing grace podcast with sean
1: hey everybody welcome to god's amazing grace and it looks like it worked this time (laughs) they call you there Cole, can you hear me? I can see you, but I can't hear you.
0: Can you hear me now? Now I can hear you. All right, good. Awesome. How you doing, Sean? <laughs> I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing
1: well, thanks. Well, <laughs> before we get started, Cole, why don't you... Uh, give them a little bit of your background for those of you that can't re- don't remember Cole. I mean, it's been a while since either one of us have been on this. So give him a little bit of your background again, Cole.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, Cole Brown. I'm married of a wife and three boys currently serving in the military station in Wiesbaden, Germany. Oh, wow. In Germany, huh? Yes, sir.
1: And, um, where where are you originally from? From Washington State. Washington State? Yes, sir. Did you did you meet your wife in the military or did you uh,
0: know yeah, her so before? I met her, I met her in Germany when I was stationed in here from uh from seven to twelve in Schweinfurt, Germany. Okay.
1: Okay. Well, um, I just went blank. <laughs> 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 I know you're 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 up awfully late. Um I know you wanted to talk about was it Matthew 16, verses 13 through 17, I believe it was.
0: Yep, all over it, Sean.
1: So uh why don't you go ahead and give it a start? All
0: right, great. So um just read through uh, matthew and then and then we can get into the prayer uh so matthew 16 13 through 17 i'll be reading through the niv it says okay. when jesus came to the region of Caesarea philippi he asked his disciples who do people say the son of man is they replied some say john the baptist others say elijah and still others jeremiah and one of the prophets but what about you he asked who do you say i am Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by the flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. So awesome. Um, that was a scripture. Uh, I'll go ahead and pray real quick. If you don't mind, okay. Heavenly Father, Almighty God, who is omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent, and benevolent. The creator out of ex nihilo, from nothing came everything, because of your mighty power of you. I pray that everyone under the sound of my voice does not hear you say, I never knew you, away from me, you worker of iniquity, but instead they hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. God, I pray people heed this message, and they believe in your gospel. In Jesus' mighty and wonderful name, amen.
1: Amen. That was some pretty good, pretty good prayer
0: there. Awesome, thanks. Um, yeah, definitely try to try to have it mean something. It's important. So uh, kind of wanted to start off with a with a story. and this is it's a true story. There's a man named Paul. He was kind of an agnostic or someone who doesn't really know you can believe. Who god is you might believe in something that is uh um you know something that's out there but a higher power so to speak yeah yeah exactly like a a spiritual person per se but not necessarily worried about anything god has to say for our life or anything and there was another man uh i don't know his name so for the purpose of the story i'll call him jim and jim was an evangelist he uh he went out and spoke truths (laughs) of Christianity, truths of the Bible, and spread the gospel at any time he could. So one day, Jim encountered Paul, and he asked him if he could share some truths about Christianity with him. Paul's first response he was like, I know about Christianity. I know about the church. I have family that are Catholics. I have family that are Baptists. Paul said, I can tell you this. I don't want to know anything about the church. Jim, he was a a pretty mature evangelist, right? He said something that hit Paul like a ton of bricks. He said it in a way that no one has ever said it to Paul. And Paul, to this day, says that he would never forget it. Jim looked at Paul with a sternness in his face, and he said, I'm not talking about the church. I'm not talking about denominations. I'd not ask your opinion of these things. You cannot slide out of this by casting blame upon people who call themselves children of God. But I do have one question for you. And at that moment, Jim said, who was the man, Jesus of Nazareth? Who was he? Hmm. All right. And this uh, just kind of alludes back to Matthew 16, 13 through 17. And and what I want everyone uh, to pay attention to is is Paul's response here. He says he was he was kind of shocked with that answer, or with that question. So mumbling, he was like, uh, "Jesus was a good person. He was a good man. Yeah, I mean, a good guy, I guess, right?" So, have any of you heard this response before? How about you, Sean? Have you ever I
1: I hear I hear that stuff all the time, you know.
0: Well, I know who God is.
1: God's He's, you know, the son of Jesus or Son of God and or Jesus is the son of God and blah blah blah. You know, you hear it all the time. A lot of people know who he is, but do they know who he is?
0: Exactly. So I just want to give a response to all your listeners if they hear the question. Or the answer in response to the question of who is Jesus? When I hear he's a good guy, I want to be able to to talk and respond to that. Um, I, I may have told you before, Sean, that I study apologetics, so I really am interested in, in being able to defend our faith. As First Peter 3.15 says, that we should be able to know why we believe what we believe, and we should be able to share that with gentleness and respect.
1: Yeah, and for you know, everybody out there that's listening, there's a difference between defending the faith and arguing the faith.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: A lot of people like to argue the faith and not defend the
0: faith. Yeah, so when we when we talk, and again, that's with gentleness and respect and you're uh you're trying to have a conversation. I, I really enjoy Frank Turek um and how he says that if if he has like hostile people that are talking to him he will he'll say if christianity were true would you be a christian and usually the really (laughs) hostile ones will will say no and therefore if their answer is no to that question he doesn't have anything else to say to them because there's nothing he's going to (laughs) say for them to be a christian or at least have any kind of understanding with it so as the bible says to slap the dirt off our feet and move someone else don't throw pearls to pigs and stuff exactly um yeah awesome so Jesus is a good guy. Now if when we ask who is Jesus, I'd like to point out some some things that Jesus Christ said of himself in the soul in the book of John that you can look up and just kind of rapid fire here, but he said I'm the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. I am the door of the sheep. I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. Okay, so these are, these are all things that Jesus Christ said about himself. Now again, let's look at that answer. He's a good person. Check out what C.S. Lewis says about Jesus. It's, uh quoting C.S. Lewis. Among these Jews, there suddenly turns up a man who goes about talking as if he was God. He claims to forgive sins. He says he has always existed. He says he is coming to judge the world at the end of the time. Now let us get this clear. Among pantheists, like the Indians, anyone might say that he was a part of God or one with God. There would be nothing very odd about it. But this man, since he was a Jew, could not mean that kind of God. God, in their language, meant the being outside the world who had made it and was infinitely different from anything else. And when you have grasped that, you will see that what this man said was quite simply the most shocking thing that has ever been uttered by human lips. Mm. Mm. So it's interesting, you know, and uh, just to clarify pantheists, uh, you know, like the Indians, as C.S. Lewis said, it's a pantheist is someone who believes like God is the world, like the whole world is God. and, And he's clarifying if he was a pantheist, it would make sense for him to say something like that, but he wasn't, he was a Jew. In other words, he was a theist, someone who believes in a creator God. So him saying that I am the creator God uh, is, is very different from a one with the world. God. Hmm. Now, uh, if real quick again, so about this apologetics, we want to build this defense against that answer. We can talk about logic, and uh, and if we know about logic these days, people try to get away with a lot of things, like saying things like "you can't know the truth." Have you ever heard that, Sean?
1: Yeah, I've I've heard that you can't know the truth. Nobody, they then they go on to say like nobody knows the, the whole truth, and yeah. then I'll hear them say, and then I'll hear him say something to the point of, "Oh, we'll know everything when we get to heaven."
0: Yeah, well, when when people say you can't know the truth or you can't know truth, a response to that would be, but you know that statement is true, right? <laughs> so logically speaking, if you're saying you can't know truth, they are claiming that to be true. Therefore, it's a self-refuting argument.
1: Exactly. A exactly. Self-refuting
0: statement in itself. Or people say things like, there is no such thing as absolute truth. How can you respond to that? Is that absolutely true?
1: Right. <laughs> it's basically a question with a question, huh?
0: Exactly. Or, or you hear all truth is relative. Is that truth relative? Right. So, so again, you know the, the logic that we hear. We have to be careful with the the uh, traps that people will say just to say them because uh, they've heard it before. Well, that, that's that's kind of
1: like the atheist. The atheists will sit there and and argue and argue and argue that there is no God. But if there is no God, why are they arguing?
0: Yeah, exactly. They're arguing for the fact that we are um, just. Uh, oh man, Frank Kurt puts it puts it good. We are chemicals in motion, and uh, there is no right wrong good and evil therefore why are we even arguing what's the point (laughs) i
1: just sit there and laugh at them
0: yeah so so now getting to logic here's the logical options somebody is right and everyone is wrong or everyone is wrong now we can look at this especially um Comparing like major religions. So mm-hmm. for instance, Islam versus Christianity. Islam believes that Jesus was not killed on the cross. Uh, there's some different theories there, but some of them uh, believe in what's called the Swoon's theory, which which someone else replaced Jesus on there as Jesus was beaten, um, but he did not die. And the person who replaced Jesus is the one that died and and uh, went to the tomb. And then that's why Jesus looked as if he was resurrected. Which, first of all, the issue with that is if he looked resurrected, he wouldn't be um, in this new body, right, that that wasn't beaten because he was beaten severely on the cross, as we know. And um, But anyway, focusing on the differences, just one of many.
1: Yeah, right? well when when he showed Thomas, he said, "Look at my hands and look at my feet. There was nails there, yeah you know where the nails were where there they had the holes in his hands. How could they say he wasn't on the cross?
0: yeah, so it's uh it's interesting theories nevertheless but but anyway, just pointing at the differences in those religions, right Christianity says that he died and he raised on the third day, which in Islam, that, that's not what happened. He did not die on that cross uh, oh, and raised. Do you know why it was the third day?
1: Just like with um, Lazarus, Lazarus was on the fourth day mm-hmm. because the Jews believed that they could rise from the dead within three days. So they proved it wrong because it was the fourth day with Lazarus. So, I mean, it was, it's, it's something to that sense. I'm, I'm not getting it exactly right, but that's why they believed or that's why he was Rose on the third day.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, so again, with, with that, kind of highlighted though like the differences in in these major religions again these logical options is somebody's right and everyone's wrong or everyone's wrong um now lewis he he wrote something that we call today the trilemma he didn't call it but but it's called the trilemma (laughs) and um you know so just because someone believes something is is correct doesn't necessarily mean it is correct now there's some people that say things like um you know you can you can believe in jesus or it might be true for you but it's not true for me uh you know that's like you know ray comfort he he says this when people say things like that he says just because i believe that the sun is a big ball of ice and it shoots off magical dust uh, ice clouds doesn't mean it's true right we can clearly tell if if that's wrong or right so, so so, here are the options with regard of the man of Jesus of Nazareth. So the first option, that's logical. Now when you hear or when you ask who is Jesus, they can say, first logical option, he is a liar. That is one logical option. People could call him a liar. Because... He said he was the son of God. And he purposely and intentionally misled people to think he was the son of God. Or, in a more exact way, God the son, God in the flesh, God who became man. If he said that, and he did not believe that, he was a liar. There's no way around that point. Does that make sense? Yeah, so... That's one logical option they can say. Now the other option is he's a lunatic. Anyone who seriously believes he is the Son of God or God in the flesh, he is a lunatic. Imagine, Sean, if uh, if your neighbor, you heard him saying, "I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." What do you think about that guy?
1: You know there's been a lot of that that's been going on lately, and people are calling them lunatics. They need to be committed
0: <laughs> that's right <laughs> there is there's obviously something wrong with someone going around calling themselves god
1: well a lot right. of times a lot of times they're on drugs
0: <laughs> i mean
1: well, especially.
0: Yeah, bottom line, the guy would be called lunatic, right? So now, if you want to ask, who is Jesus? Logically, we have so far, they can call him a liar. They can call him a lunatic. Now, the third option, which is the most scandalous of all options, is that he was and is and will continue to be exactly who he said he was. And that's the son of the living God. (laughs) <laughs> so those are our three options there's really no other way to get around that now if you uh there's a couple people we can throw this in here just to just to remove it as a as an even glimpse of an option but some people will say that he was a legend he didn't really exist but to uh to discard that argument quickly any first of all any scholarly um uh you know scholarly theologian uh, atheist uh, atheist side or uh, Christian side would say that that is that's false any any thinking person if we look at the manuscripts that we have on Jesus we have more history on Jesus than any other person any historical figure in the world so if we if you want to discount Jesus you have to discount Caesar you have to discount augusta you have to get discount George Washington Abraham Lincoln like if you don't, if you oh, want to discard Jesus, yeah. you have to discard a lot of people because you didn't do, physically see them. Do you think, I mean, of
1: what's going on nowadays, how they're getting rid of history, do you think that is part of the plan of how they're going to get rid of Jesus by getting rid of history, saying history is false?
0: well yeah when we when we follow the, uh, the I guess I kind of say like the agenda of of how we see things going on throughout our time, but I will say that they they will not be able to eradicate you know Jesus as far as the manuscripts as far as the Bibles and as far as all the evidences we have um and it has been done in history many times, many times there have been Suppressions and persecutions of Christians and 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 Jews to to get rid of Scripture. Um, you know, you can you can look it up. There's been many attempts to eradicate, you know, the the Scriptures, the Old Testament before even Jesus was here, and then the New Testament after after Jesus. Hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting thought. It has happened in history, so you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened again. But us as Christians, we we know what the end is. Uh, if we we look at one, the book of Daniel, or two, the book of Revelation, we can kind of see what happens. Yep. Yep. So now uh, let's let's flush out these three options, right? Since we're going to discard legend, liar just doesn't fit the facts. Jesus lived and taught the highest standards of ethics. Exactly. Yeah, and it's unlikely he would have laid down his life unless he really thought he was telling the truth.
1: Nowhere, nowhere in in the scriptures does he lie. When they ask him questions, he tells them exactly how it is.
0: Exactly. And, And he was the only person able to say this and get away with it. He said, no one has caught me sinning. No one has seen me sin. Not any one of you. Everyone was silent. Yeah, yeah, he's right. I haven't, right? So, so yeah. So he taught the highest ethics. It's unlikely that he would have lied, being this ethical teacher. Even his critics said that he uh, he was a man of integrity who taught the truth, and you can see that in Mark uh, twelve, verse fourteen. But, but it's now now. But here's the other thing, as I mentioned it's unlikely that if he believed he was telling the truth that he would have laid down his life. Right. And you can say the same to his apostles, all of them besides John who, who uh, died from, from persecution. They could have easily been like, okay, you got me. I lied and got out of this, you know, like Peter being said to have been crucified upside down, and he and demanded James. to be crucified upside down. Yeah, and that's that's how that's what goes just because he didn't want to die the same way as Jesus. But but the point is, is these guys, especially Peter, we can see him denying Jesus, how he was cowardly and and ran away. But after he'd seen the re- resurrected Jesus, he had a new boldness. Mm. And and if it was a lie. He would not have went and died for a lie, at minimum. Well, right. So they, at a minimum, had to believe it. If he wasn't who he said he would, he probably
1: would have did the same thing Peter did. said, God, I'm not doing it. I I don't know who you are. Get me off of this cross. You know? Yeah. I mean, think about it. If he said, he, if he, I don't know, that, just, that thought just come popped in my head when you said that.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. Okay, so, yeah, but he's lying. He's, just like he said, all right, you got me. Don't hurt me anymore, I lied. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, now, let's let's dig into the lunatic a little bit. If Jesus thought he was God, but he really wasn't, then that would mean he'd be a lunatic. (laughs) But a lunatic doesn't fit either. Now Jesus uttered some of the most profound sayings ever recorded. Now, hopefully, all the listeners have has read the Sermon on the Mount. It's like if you have not, pause this, read Matthew chapter seven or Matthew chapter five through seven, um, like immediately. Right, this is some of the most profound things that we have in the world. And that's just a a small portion of what Jesus said that we have on record. So nothing compares to anything Jesus said. And so, so he not only there, but all the times that these Pharisees, these these lawyers of the law, the very uh, smart people, going and trying to trap Jesus, and every single time, he just elegantly destroyed them in a, uh, this this argument battle type thing. Every time they try to trap him. And you know, were... he, he didn't
1: do it in a vicious way, neither. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. He, he did it in, in, in a loving way. He rebuked them lovingly. I guess if you want to put it
0: yeah so his his main point was all these pharisees that that they had these issues that they didn't want anyone to ask them but they saw this opportunity that hey we're going to go and trap up this so jesus saw their hearts um and and that's how he so certain times he responded in different ways to certain people like Mm -hmm. like as uh I just want to add on to this because you mentioned lovingly, there was there was not always a, a great response from from Jesus. <clears throat> um, I say I say great, but that's that's probably a bad word just because everything he said was great. But getting into uh, like the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. where he says that's the unforgivable sin, and he pretty much damned them right there. He said you you are going to hell. Um, because you just committed the, you know, he called what Jesus was doing from the devil, uh, and and therefore they they committed the the unforgivable sin. Yep. Yeah. So that uh, that yeah, that'd be tough. Uh-huh. So that that would leave us with our third option. And Peter Kraft, he he put an argument that there Only two possible interpretations. Jesus is God or Jesus is not God. Mind blowing, right? (laughs) So the argument in its simplest form looks like this. Jesus was either one God, if he claimed about, if he claimed about himself was true or two, a bad man. If what he said was not true, for good men do not claim to be God. But he was not a bad man. Now check this out. If anyone in history was not a bad man, Jesus was not a bad man. Therefore, he was and is God.
1: Yeah, he didn't do anything to be to deserve to be crucified.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's interesting you mention that because why did he get crucified besides the the salvation um, aspect that we, we know in Christianity, but why did he get crucified?
1: If, if you think about it, it was that he took the place of a thief Barabbas. The Jews wanted to set Barabbas free, but with the tradition of what happened, they had to have somebody replace Barabbas. Since they set him free,
0: yeah, well, they had the option of of either jesus or
1: or Barabbas,
0: Barabbas they, and know, they, they
1: chose didn't. Barabbas since yeah. they chose Barabbas, they had to have somebody replace him, and that's who replaced him,
0: yeah, so, so Jesus know. yeah, so so my point is the reason why they were able to pin something down on him because again he was he was without sin. What they claimed was that he was a blasphemer, right? He, he, he was a blasphemer because he called himself God. So he hung out with the sinners. And so he was all dirty compared to uh, how the law was. He was, he healed on the Sabbath, right? And he blasphemed because he claimed to be God. So that's, that's, that's why he was able for the Jews to put him the cross by the Romans because of those three things.
1: Well, he was that scapegoat.
0: Yeah, And and again, it's it's overall uh, the reason why he was put on the cross was because of us. Right? Because of our sin.
1: Because of our sin. Well, he became human form and he took on our sin as well. Yeah, exactly. So he may have never sinned but he knew what sin was
0: yeah he he became sin on the cross so those are our three options though so you can call him a liar you can call him a lunatic just if if you are going to call him a lunatic just make sure you have pity on his followers <laughs> okay or or third you can bow your knee to Jesus Christ as the Lord and the Savior of the world. Those are the three yeah. options.
1: I'll right. give you a perfect example of a lunatic. Okay. You know, Jim Jones. Look what he did. I don't know if you know who he is. Yeah, I'm a little unfamiliar. Look him up when you get a chance, but he was basically... One of these cults that he um, said he was the messiah and stuff
0: had everyone drink poison.
1: Had everybody drink poison?
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about.
1: That's the lunatic. Oh yeah, absolutely. Jesus never did that.
0: Yeah. So so now again with the the apologetics, you know, aspect, we're not necessarily saying this um, to to make you necessarily follow Jesus. Or believe in, in him, but we are just stating the facts of those logical three options. You cannot call God, or you cannot call Jesus a good moral teacher, and deny his deity at the same time. And that's what a lot of people. A lot of people do that. Now here's here's something you know because all right, let me tell you what C.S. Lewis said. Just because he'll say it a lot better than I'll say it. Said, I'm trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish things that people often say about him. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. All right, that is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would rather be a lunatic but let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Mm. That's just, uh, it's mind boggling. Mm -hmm. So whenever you hear Jesus is a good moral teacher, but he wasn't God. Now you have something to respond to that. So hopefully, hopefully that sticks with us.
1: That's,
0: that's heavy Yeah It really is You know and, and just reading through uh, 13 and 14 again Let's see So when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi He asked his disciples Who do people say the son of man is They replied Some say John the Baptist Others say Elijah And still others Jeremiah Or one of the prophets you know with 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 hearing those guesses, do they seem like bad guesses to you?
1: Yes and no all of them that they all of them that they they what what i I think about is when whether you talk about John the Baptist all of them seen death where jesus seen death. But he's seen resurrection.
0: Well, I'd say all of them seen death except Elijah.
1: Elijah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and, yeah, I hear you. And they kind of, they are mentioning these people they know that are, you know. Um, well, they,
1: they, they knew who they were.
0: Yeah. They're, they're exceptional people, right? But in the grand scheme of things, They're terrible guesses. Yes. And the reason why is, and and I know you alluded to it already, Sean, but it makes him, him as in Jesus, common or like anyone else. Yep. Jesus is holy. He's separated. He's, you know, like cut away. Jesus does not give us the option to call him anything besides who he claimed to be. And Jesus is God incarnate, the eternal son of God he dwells or now tabernacles tabernacles among men so
1: what man could take the keys of death and hell and open up the doors you know i can't remember what scripture it's in to where when he died and was resurrected there was also other people that were resurrected as well i can't remember the scripture that it's in
0: You'll have to look that one up. Yeah. Um, I don't remember anything like that as far as...
1: Yeah, because they, they, they have seen other... They, I, I wish I could remember how it went. They had seen other people that were supposed to be dead walk in the streets. It It's something to that point, but I just can't remember the scripture.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you have to... Let me know on that. Um I know there's Thessalonians where it talks about being, uh, being um you know, like the caught up um
1: Yeah, Th- yeah,
0: Thessalonians, it's, but
1: it's not Thessalonians. I'll have to see if I can find that.
0: Yeah, I'd be interested to see what you're talking about on that. It's just like yeah,
1: I'll I'll find it for you. Yeah. So
0: what do people say that I am? This is extremely important. According to the scriptures, everything in your life and everything in eternity is determined by how you answer this question. Eternity is a long time. There was uh, someone who kind of explained eternity as you can serve a hundred billion years and still just just started in the grand scheme of things. Well, to Jesus, a
1: day is a thousand years. Yeah,
0: exactly. So I want to ask again your, to your listeners, who do you say that he is? Now uh Romans ten nine. You may have all heard this, but I just think people take it really lightly. So I wanna kinda discuss it a little bit if you want, Sean. Yeah, go ahead. Says if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So we take this phrase, believe in your heart, so lightly. we can talk about real persecution in different parts of the world. We see Christians that are killed for believing in Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior. You remember that story with the uh, 20, it was a, there was 21 people that were persecuted. They all got their heads cut off for believing in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. 20 of them were African or, uh, I'm sorry, 20 of them were Egyptian and one of them were African. Mm -hmm. He just ended up getting crowded with everyone else. All the Egyptians, they were Christians and they went down the line one by one, you know, Deny Jesus Christ or lose your for head. Sure. And they said, all right, I'll lose my head. He went down line, down line, down line. All 20 of them. They got to the African guy who was not a believer in Jesus Christ. They got to the African guy and said the same thing. They said, who's your God? He said, my God is the same God that all of them just died for. And he lost his head as well. Mm -hmm. So that's a.
1: You know, people people think that that's going to be an easy choice when it comes down to it. You know, if they're left behind. They think that's going to be an easy choice. It's not. You know, oh, yeah. deny Christ or lose your life. That It's not going to be an easy choice. How many people are going to deny Christ?
0: Well, it's going to be a lot. See, but, yeah. but and that's kind of ties it into my point. American Christianity in general is so lukewarm. It's disgusting. Yep. yep. We, we, uh, People, people say so many things just out of convenience when you talk to a Christian or someone who professes to be a Christian. Anyway, they, they, oh, I I said a prayer. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm saved. But their life doesn't look anything different than the rest of the world.
1: Well, I, I deal with that on a daily basis. I mean, I'm not going to go deep into it, but... You know they believe it's okay to cuss and swear like everybody else. Yeah, we're 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 human, yes, but it's they they say well it's what everybody else does. You know it's 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 accepted in this today's society. You know as far as as drinking and stuff, I don't know. You know a lot of people are completely against that, and I don't drink. I I'm against it myself, but you know they they think it's okay because Jesus did it. He turned water into wine and it was the best there was. And he parted with the rest of them.
0: Well, here's the thing. Like for me, I think there's a, a fine line. Um, I believe it's first uh, Corinthians chapter six, starting in verse nine. Actually, let me pull it up. My Bible. just because it's a, uh, it's a good one to go to. One Corinthians, chapter
1: nine. It's good to have computer savvy, isn't it? (laughs) Especially when your time zone is so different, you're probably getting pretty tired there, aren't you? (laughs)
0: That's all right. Okay, so as I said, so Second Corinthians uh, chapter 6, verse 9 Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived neither the sexually immoral nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God.
1: But you know what they're drunkard what they say is as well you don't drink to get drunk.
0: We just drink to have fun. It matter if you're drinking to get drunk or drinking to have fun. If you're getting drunk, it's a drunkard. Um, I know. And I tell these
1: people, I tell them every day, look at all these people you got working for you. They're looking at you and saying, you're no different than me. Why do I need change?
0: Yeah. Well that's so that again ties to the point that I'm making here. Yep. I'm going to I'm going to say this this verse of uh Romans 10:9 again if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you'll be saved. Now there's uh this from Paul Washer he says that the heart is the core essence of what a man is it is the seat of his intellect Mind, emotions, and will Therefore It is absurd to think a man Can believe in Christ with his heart And it not have a radical effect On the rest of his life Okay I want to highlight that word Radical Radical. effect So when someone believes This to be true It is going to have a Major effect On the rest of his life Mm -hmm. Now why I say that is, you know, it's it's very clear in the Bible. You know, people talk about, you know, don't judge or you be judged. You know, first of all, they're not understanding that verse um, because it, it's really explaining how to judge. Um, yes, saying don't judge hypocritically. But I digress a little bit. But the Bible tells us that we can we can judge fruit, right? A good tree will bear good fruit. Bad tree will bear bad fruit. Uh, in John 15, it says that God God the Father is the gardener. Jesus is the vine. And us as believers are the branches. When we are fruitful, we're pruned and we made more fruitful. And we're, if we're not fruitful, your branches cut off and it will wither away and be thrown into the fire. So it's it's easy to see if Jesus Christ is having no impact in your life. That there are very, very good chances that the person is just not saved. Mm. So if Jesus Christ, if they say that they believe this and there's no effect on their life, it's a very good indication that they're not saved. Mm. You know, we can we can talk about justification and sanctification, you know justification being, the legally right with God because of us actually believing this. And that's what it comes down to. There's nothing that we can do that saves us, but it's all through what God did for us.
1: Exactly. And I tell them, I says, what if you're wrong? What if the way you believe is what you, what if you're wrong? you know think about yeah. that for a minute what if you're wrong you you think you can live the way you you believe is right but what if you're not living and that's and that that's kind of talking about your heart you know they say what comes out of the heart comes pours out of your mouth and then they also say death and life is in the power poly- So yeah. if you are wrong, I think you'd feel it in your heart. But people are so deceived nowadays.
0: Exactly. Well, and then, like we said, though, with, with uh, we talked about justification of being right by God. We are, it's like a courtroom. We are legally right by God. Sanctification is a process that we go through of becoming more righteous, and you know we can see that in, in scriptures with uh, you know 2 Corinthians five seventeen. To, therefore, you know uh, you are a new creation; the old is gone, the new has come. Or Galatians two twenty that says, "I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, um, yeah. but it's Christ who lives through me." Right, yeah. so that's the sanctification process that we start living more like christ we're not going to be perfect but when we, do, when we when we do fall though we should have a genuine remorse for the sin we should have a genuine repentance of just trying to be better not because we're trying as in we're working for our salvation because again we already clarified that's nothing that we can do it's only from god but we are remorseful and we are trying to turn away from sin and we should be loving what God loves we get more of a love for what God loves and we get more of a hate for what God hates so the sin that used to be enjoyable to us should start turning disgusting
1: Well, it only lasts a season anyway so you know enjoyment lasts a season amen you know i I kinda always say that you know you're doing what god's wants you to be doing when you're being attacked constantly. There's always going to be a battle, but you know when you're doing what God wants you to do that devil tries his best to keep you from doing what God wants you to do,
0: oh yeah, and we have a good uh a lot of stories in the Bible that that indicate that. But one that i'll highlight is the uh is jacob and his brother esau and we mm. see we see esau he has a relatively good life easy life yep. for jacob trial after trial after trial and you know it just you can just see it it's clear just like we talked about in john 15 that that uh pruning Pruning is taking place. Pruning is taking place. Yep. All you Esau, there, there isn't pruning taking place. He just has a normal, regular life. He's pretty wealthy. He's got a lot of land, and and uh, you know, it's comfortable. Exactly, comfortable. That's a good word. Um, and and, and real quick, there's. Uh, I didn't make this up, but it's it's really interesting. Did you know that Jesus was the only expected person in history? Have you ever thought about that?
1: I had to think about that one for That one just kind of... Wow. The only expected person in history? Yep.
0: No one sat around and was like, Man, we can't wait until we have Caesar. Or... <laughs> can't wait until we have this this great david or solomon or alexander the great or george washington all these uh leaders that we we've had and seen in the past jesus was the only expected person
1: and here's another he was the only one that was born from a virgin too
0: yeah yeah but so his course was foretold, his birth, his life, his death, right? Have you read Isaiah? Isaiah, you know, gives a lot of Jesus hundreds of years prior. Now, this actually, you know, I think, uh, this I'm kind of looking at the time right now, I think maybe if we if we do this again, we can kind of dwell on that a little bit longer there's Good. a lot of a lot of prophecies that we go into that which are really yeah really interesting I mean
1: i would I would like to do this once uh, once a week it kind of like a little Bible study type thing you know just just to kind of you know people know about Christ and stuff but when it comes to learning about the word they read the word but they don't Know what the word is saying, you know. You know what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And yeah, I, I would,
1: I would like to do this. I mean, we got to figure out a time to what works best for you and what works best for me, to where okay. you don't have to stay up so later uh, while well, it's early in the morning now. Almost 11:45. <laughs> <1145. laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, you know, it's let's let's do this let's leave where you or stop where you just started to talk give them that scripture again so if anybody wants to look that scripture up and kind of study before we have the next you know available podcast that they can yeah. study yeah. so yeah that no, can... sounds good
0: so so again just the queuing the question was was Jesus was the only expected person in history right and and like i said you can look in uh, Isaiah the whole the whole book of Isaiah is a, is a big one but specifically Isaiah 52 Isaiah 53 um Isaiah 9 has something to do with his birth i believe but so yeah those yeah so those are all good ones to to start looking there
1: And then hopefully I can find that scripture I was telling you about earlier about uh, other people. Yeah,
0: and if if you could do that, you could shoot me in the messenger. And then once we uh, get back on, we can can tell the audience.
1: Yeah, I'll do that. But uh, before we do leave, why don't you give a call for salvation?
0: Yeah, so um with that, you know, we and we, we talk about a prayer and a lot of how people hear the the sinner's prayer. And it's not to be confused because again when you when you're saying that you believe in this, it's it's not just words. Um so what I I would like to do is is kind of pray out and And with that prayer I will, uh, i'll uh kind of explain as as I'm praying the the gospel, and with that we can um we can kind of ask ask people if this is what they believe and if they want to go forward from there if that makes sense yep. yep. Okay, awesome Heavenly Father Your word says in John 1-1 In the beginning was the word And the word was with God And the word was God Jesus, that was you You've reigned with God since the beginning God Almighty, thank you for the access we have to you to be able to speak with you at any moment's notice we can come to you God when we are happy when we're sad when we're mad or when we're angry we can call out to you and you listen oh God your word says in Romans 3 23 we all are sinners but we all fall short of the glory of you Most of us do not even understand the significance of that God. Most look at themselves and say that they're a good person. Average person says they are better than the average person. What people don't understand, God, is in order for us to inherit the kingdom of heaven, we have to live a completely moral life without any sin in our actions, without any sin in our thoughts. Your word says that we deserve death. Throughout the Old Testament, we see the sacrificial system that needed to have an animal without blemish to sacrifice as a sin offering. That perfection all pointed to your son, Jesus. As we said, God in John 1, 1 in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Jesus was with you in the throne of glory since the beginning. You love us so much that you sent him down to live the perfect life. Jesus did not come to abolish the law, as your word says, but he came to fulfill the law. He who knew no sin became sin on that cross. Most people miss the whole point of why Jesus had such anxiety in the Garden of Gethsemane. When Jesus said, let this cup pass from me, let this cup pass from me, let this cup pass from me, me." It was not that he was worried about the Romans. He was not worried about the Romans cross or their weapons. He was not stressed about the brutal pain he was about to suffer. He was not stressed about the spectacle that he was gonna be made of. He was not worried about the taunting and laughing that he had to endure. No, he knew exactly what was gonna happen on that cross God. Father God, he knew that you, O God, were going to crush him. It is because Jesus had always dwelt in the bosom of you, O God. Jesus, who always was your beloved one, had to endure your presence, leaving him. Your word in Isaiah 53, in verse 10, it says that it pleased the Lord to crush the Messiah. That was what was in that cup. Jesus, thank you for drinking the cup of every sin that has and will be committed against God. On that cross, you cried out, it is finished. It was not over from there. Thank you for showing your deity and raising from the dead on the third day. We are in a debt that we cannot even imagine. If we believe This gospel, you are with us. You prune us and you make us more fruitful, God. Father God, fill us with the Holy Spirit. Use us as tools for you, O God, to expand the kingdom of heaven. In Jesus' mighty and precious name, amen. 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 Good stuff. Very good it's, stuff. It's always a pleasure, Sean. It is everybody that's
1: listening out there. I want you guys to to remember Cole and his family and your prayers as he's serving in the military, and I know he he you just got back from from a stint, and you know I know family gets kind of lonely when when their loved ones are gone, but just keep them in your prayers. <sighs> as he's serving the Lord and serving the country all in the same, t- at the same time. But, uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter. We do a little bit on, on a uh, of all places. And, uh, we look forward to having our next discussion with, with Cole again, hopefully next week, if time permits, if not, we will have it very soon. Amen. So do you got any, anything to say as we go out Cole?
0: I think that about wraps it up. Like you said, <laughs> uh, we will, uh, we will definitely try to plan see what works for both of us. So
1: let's do this again. And uh, I will make sure that I look up that scripture and get it to you as soon as possible until we talk again. Who knows the Lord may come before we get that chance.
0: (laughs) All right. Thanks (laughs) John for uh, having me on again. Appreciate it.
1: Anytime. God bless.
0: Thanks for listening. Follow us on Apple, Google, Spotify, SND, many more. See you next time. This is God's Amazing Grace Podcast with Sean.